diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7 reads, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And, and Paul begins this writing by saying, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word and for the power of your word. I thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you send your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might communicate your word effectively this day and accurately, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, dear God, that every person sitting in this room today will have a listening ear, an alert spirit, an understanding heart and mind, and receive your word this day, your engrafted word that is able to save our souls. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I want to continue uh, with the message, Walking in Your Gift. Amen. And I want to pick up at this point today. Last week, we, we started talking about the importance of us walking uh, in our spiritual gifts and how, uh, you know, these gifts are works of service that each one of us has been given, that has been given to each one of us uh, for the purpose of building up the body of Christ and advancing the kingdom of the Most High God. So we want to just talk a little bit more about this today, and I don't know uh, yet who I'm going to assign to preach next Sunday, but it'll be somebody that will be able to continue uh, to talk about this because uh, as I was writing, uh, the Lord gave me another part of the message uh, that was not in the original message. So, um, so this needs to be continued to be talked about because it is vital for every believer, every born-again believer to understand that we all have been gifted uh, by the Holy Spirit uh, with special gifts uh, and that we need to begin to walk in our gifting or operate according to our giftings every day, not just in the church, but wherever we are. And that is, is key because a lot of times we think that what we do is only for some of us, not all of us, that, that, that only what we have is for the church, but it's for everyday life. It's for everyday life. We're called to be Christian every day. We're ministers of the gospel every day. Amen? Whether we're on our jobs, whether we're at the grocery store, whether we're in the park, wherever we are, we're called upon to be Christian. We don't take off our Christianity when we leave the church house. Amen? But every day we live, 
we're Christians. So that means that the ministry that the Lord has given to us is given to us to be used every day. I mean, if, if, if all of us can't operate on Sunday because we don't have enough time. Y'all not going to stay that long. Amen. That's why God didn't intend for everybody to operate on Sunday. He said even when it came to, to prophecies and speaking in tongues in the, in the fellowship, he said let it be two or three, and that by course. Not everybody prophesying, you know, not 50 people prophesying, and then you're going to be in church all day long, and you're not coming back next week. Amen. Tell the truth the same devil. You know you ain't staying that long. That's right. <laughs> you go one time, you say, oh, I ain't going to I've been to a church like that. I said, Lord. I can't say I'm not going back because they're a blessing to me, but, but I, I'm careful. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so the, the gifts are given to us to you be used every day. Somebody say every day. Wherever you are, God has gifted you by his spirit so that you can operate in, in your gifting and you can be a blessing to people and you can advance the kingdom of God every day. Advancing the kingdom of God does not just say everybody has to be a member of Tabernacle of Praise. Everybody's not going to be a member of Tabernacle of Praise. Amen? But wherever you are, you can lead somebody to Jesus. You can minister to somebody. Somebody's hurted. Uh, somebody needs a word of encouragement. Somebody needs a word of instruction. Somebody needs a word of wisdom. Somebody needs a word of knowledge. And God may use you. If that's your gift, he's going to use you wherever you are, not just in the church. Not just in the church house, not just in the edifice. And it's important that you understand this so that you can have your mindset right and be ready uh, when the opportunity comes for you to minister. All right? You're not trying to get ready. You're ready. Amen? Sometimes, how many of you all had to get ready for church this morning? It took about how long? Just an hour. Now, just think. If you meet somebody right now who needs a word of wisdom, you can't take an hour to get ready to give them that word of wisdom. You got to be ready. And the problem with the body of Christ is that we don't stay ready. Are you listening to me? We don't stay ready. We have to be ready, you know. We have to stay ready. So you don't even have time to repent of your sins when somebody has time uh, who somebody needs the word. So you need to stay out of sin. Are you understanding what I'm saying? This is how critical this is, and this is part of the reason that the body of Christ does not advance like it should advance because too many of us don't stay ready. Can, can you imagine you trying to get somebody a word of wisdom and then you smell like a liquor barrel? They don't want to hear you. And now you got to go get some mouthwash and brush your teeth and, and drink some coffee and do something else to change the smell of your breath so you can minister to somebody. That opportunity has passed you by. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, hard-nosed or anything. I'm just trying to say that we need to stay ready. When you finish cussing somebody out, and then at the next minute, somebody who, who needed you to give them a word of knowledge, they've heard you. Now you're trying to repent and get stuff right so that you can give them that word. That opportunity has passed you by. 
We don't think in terms of staying ready. You got to stay ready. You got to be ready at all times. The Bible says we'll be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And sometimes, you know, we got to take that beyond just giving, giving an answer for the hope. We got to be ready to minister. Think of, we have to think about our lives, think about our situations, think about our circumstances, and think about the positions that we have put ourselves in. Temptation is around on every hand. Are y'all listening? Amen. That's, how, that's the reason the Bible says we're to lay aside every sin, every weight, and the sin that does so easily beset us. Lay it aside so we can run the race with patience. So what we're to be doing, we're, we're supposed to be running right now, which means we're, we're ready. If you're, if you're uh, all these are not, not in my notes, but if you're on the track team, all right, and it's your time to get the baton, all right, that runner come, is coming. You don't have time to be tying your shoes. You don't have time to go back to the dressing room and put on your running shorts. You got to be ready. Amen. Got to be ready. So when it comes to operating in the spiritual gifts that God has gifted each one of us, say God has gifted me. There's an endowment of the Spirit that has been given to me. Amen. When it comes to operating in your gift, you have to be ready because you don't know when the Lord is going to give you that opportunity. All right. All right. Amen. You just don't know when. You got, just got to be ready. You just got to be ready. Now, now the Scripture says in... in, in and uh, I'm going to pick up at this point today that talks about the diversities. And it says that there, are a, that there is a diversity of ministry. Um, verse number four, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, uh, are diversities of, of effects, one translation says. So there are diversities of gifts. Each one of us has not been given the same gift. All right. Um, there is a list of giftings in, uh, that's, that's listed in Romans chapter 12. It's listed in 1 Corinthians. It's listed in Ephesians. Um, there are different lists of giftings that are given. Okay. And I may not, I'm definitely not going to go through all of those today. Or you can read those for yourselves. We can sit down and talk more about what each one of these giftings means so you can begin to get a better, clearer understanding. You can go and study yourself. Amen. Um, but. All of us have not been gifted by, with the same gifts, all right? Um, there are a variety of gifts, but it's the same Spirit who gives. Now, now, well, that was what I was writing, so that's another message, okay? And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord, all right? So we see here that there are, there are that we have these different gifts, these different spiritual gifts, I, I said spiritual endowment, and endowment of the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us. They are spiritual, uh, are God-given capabilities uh, to serve others uh, so that they are impacted for uh, uh, and, and are built up spiritually in Jesus Christ, all right, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. God-given capabilities, when we talk about spiritual gifts, they are God-given capabilities. And that means, that says to me that I can't go to school and learn how to be a prophet. Oh my 
First of all, there has to be an endowment by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, when there's an endowment by the Spirit of the Lord, then I can learn. Then I can develop this gift. Amen? Are you hearing me? I cannot learn how to speak in tongues. There has to be an endowment of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Uh, the gift of tongues. Amen? I cannot learn to work miracles. Amen? There has to be the endowment. There has to be the spiritual impartation, not by the preacher. I can't even lay my hands on you and give you the gift. And I don't care who tells you uh, what prophet's line you get into and they start laying hands on you and saying I'm giving you this gift. God has not given us that capability. They are spiritual endowments. They are given by the Spirit of God. It's right here in the Word of God. The manifestation of the Spirit is given by the Spirit because they are His manifestations. That's why I don't call people to preach. I don't prophesy people preaching. You're going to be a prophet. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be the other. If the Lord gives me a word of wisdom, it will only be in confirmation to what he's already spoken to you. There has to be a calling upon your life. I, I don't have the responsibility to call you. That's not my gift. That's not my capacity. That's not my place. This is God's place. He gives the gifts severally as he wills. Amen. So every one of us has at least one. You're not left out. Say, I'm not left out. Every one of us, everyone includes every born again believer, has at least one gift. Now the scripture says he divides them severally. As he will. So you may, you may be gifted with three, four, five. All right. But you have at least, amen, amen, amen. Again, again, there are God-given capabilities. All right. Uh, spiritual areas of, of spiritual aptitude. Amen. And we should view these gifts as special areas of spiritual aptitudes and not as limits of our uh, capability to serve. What do you mean, Bishop? I mean that these are God-given capabilities. So if I have the gift of knowledge, okay, it does not mean that I can't be hospitable to people. Doesn't mean I can't usher. If I'm the apostle, it does not mean that I cannot administrate. Okay? I've been called to serve. So I've been called to serve. Amen. And many times in the church, and especially in smaller ministries, and we've experienced that a lot here, you have people that are doing several different things, and they may not necessarily be gifted. When we started this ministry, we didn't, we, we didn't know where to put everybody. Okay? And so we have people doing a whole lot of things, and now we got people doing a whole lot of things. There, there are reasons for that, and, and that was a part of my next message. But uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes people, are, when you're gifted by the Holy Spirit, that your pastor still has to confirm your gifting because sometimes you need to mature. You need to mature uh, in the Lord, all right? Uh, just like I just finished saying about not being ready, sometimes you need to go put your clothes on. 
It's time to run. And we need people that's dressed to run. We don't have time to wait for you to get dressed. And sometimes we're waiting for people. All that we will mature in the body of Christ so that when there's work to be done, we're not waiting for people. Sometimes we put people in place and, 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 I'm not talking about anybody in particular, so don't feel like I'm talking about you today because the person I might be talking about may not be here today. All right. So just, just take this as pastor talking. He, he ain't talking about me. But, 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 but sometimes, sometimes we put people in place, and because of their lack of maturity, they've offended other people. And sometimes people have been hurt, you know. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, so, so there is a need for us really to see you mature in the Lord, okay? Uh, we need to see more of you. And, and the purpose of this teaching is that eventually uh, we're going we're gonna to organize our school of ministry according to spiritual gifts. So that if you really want to know where you, if you really want to learn to operate in your gift and operate according to your gift, I haven't worked all of this out, but the Lord just gave it to me. You know, he just gave it to me. And, and maybe, you know, I'll, I'll be able to write on this as, as when I have some time when I'm away, you know, just to write this out and share it with some other churches. I shared it when I talked this a couple of weeks ago because we basically see in the church operating, we see hospitality, we see ushers, we don't see a lot of other gifts, but there are a lot of other gifts in here. All that all of us will get to the place from the youngest believer to the oldest believer that we understand that there is a spiritual endowment that we have that needs to be operative in the body. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Am I helping anybody today? So there are diversities of gifts there are diversities of ministries, and when we use this word ministries, uh, we're talking about your spiritual gifts to serve others. We're just not talking about the ministry as a whole. There are diversities of ministries in this body that's going to serve this body, but it's also going to serve York, it's going to serve Rock Hill, it's going to serve Charlotte, it's going to serve wherever God has placed us, right? And there are diversities of effects, Paul says. Now, 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 now. you think about that. When Paul says, that he says in this translation, and I don't know what I what did my NIV, I think this is, uh, uh, I think this is New King James, but this translation says, there are diversities of activities. Uh, but another translation says, there are diversities of effects, all right? Now, now effects are the outcomes of our ministries, all right? So all of these gifts are placed in the body. Every one of us has been gifted by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says there are, a, there are a, a diversity of effects that will come from the ministry. Now, when I read that, the first thing that the Lord spoke to me about was that your ministry is going to be effectual. There are effects that are positive because if it's the Holy Ghost, it's going to be a positive effect that you're going to have on people when you operate in your gift. Amen. You will be effective. You will be, say, I will be effective when I operate in my gift. 
Amen. There are a diversity of effects. And why are there a diversity of effects? Because I need one thing and you need another. But what God has given will meet every need that's in the body. If you're on your job, if you're at the park, and there are a group of people, amen, that you have an opportunity to minister to, or there are a group of us ministering, those ministries that are operative there will meet the needs that are there. You will be effective. There are a diversity of effects. Amen. We, we bear spiritual fruit in ministry as we impact people for Christ. When we're operating in our spiritual gifts, we will bear fruit. You will be effective. There will be some fruit that will come. How many of you have experienced that? You're operating your gift and you're not in the church, you're on your job. And somebody needs a ministry and God lays it on your heart to minister to that person. Amen. And you minister to them at their point of need. And when they leave you, they leave encouraged. They leave instructed. They leave helped. They leave blessed because the Spirit of God has made this gift that is placed inside of you effective. Amen. 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 Now, when you think about this, that means then that you don't have to feel like you're not useful or you're not needful in the body of Christ. Whatever your gift is, if you walk in it, you'll be effective. That's if you walk in it. Now, if you don't walk in it, you can't look for any effectiveness. You can't look for any fruit. You can't look for any fruit. Amen? Are y'all awake? Ooh. Is this helpful to anybody? Amen. Amen. So whatever your gift is, if you walk in it, You'll be fruitful. Now, now tie that into what Jesus said in John 15. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He said, if you abide in me, if you remain in the same, you will bear much fruit. Now, this is tied together. He said, if you abide, I just told you, you need to be ready. At all times. If you abide, then you're ready. Now, think about abiding. That means you're in there. All right, you, 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 you're there at all times. He said, you will bear much fruit. Okay, all right. That's important, that's important. And in the body of Christ, you'll see that some gifts will have more visible or dramatic effects than other gifts. Some gifts in the church will be more obvious. Some will be less obvious. All right? All right? But that's from our perspective, and it's not from God's perspective. Because God said that every gift is important, and every gift is effective. Every gift. Every gift is effective. All right? All right? So, so now, 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 now. The reason I'm saying this is, and I'm going to repeat this in just a moment, is because we need to avoid unhealthy comparisons to other people in the church. I'm not the prophet. You know, I, I just serve in hospitality. There's no, I just serve. No such thing. No such thing. 
I, 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 I just clean. No, 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 no such thing. No, 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 no. Your gift is very vital. Wherever there's some that, are, that, that stand out there. Amen. There are some that are more dramatic than others, but every gift, every gift is valuable. Every gift is needful. There are a diversity of gifts. There are diversities of ministries. There are diversities of effects, but every one of them is important. Everyone. God doesn't want you unneedly unnecessarily, he does not want you comparing yourself to anybody else. The problem at Corinth was you had those people that thought that they were better than other Christians, more spiritual than other Christians because they were speaking in tongues and some of them were not. Paul said, <clears throat> if you desire gifts, desire the gifts, the best gift. Desire that you prophesy. You know, not that you speak in tongues. What Paul was saying was, okay, you're speaking in tongues, but you're not benefiting the church. Because the only way you benefit the church is that there is an interpretation so that everybody can learn. If you're just speaking in tongues, you're just benefiting yourself. And if you aren't careful, you're creating confusion because if an unbeliever walks in and they hear everybody speaking in tongues, and there's no interpretation, they think, you lost your mind. <laughs> Amen. That is not to say that you should not speak in tongues. All right. No, because he said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But he was setting order in the church. And he was bringing the church back to the reality that every gift is important. Every gift is important, okay? Don't, don't be needlessly comparing yourself. Don't be thinking I'm less than. No, you just be ready to operate in your gift. Know what your gift is and be ready to operate in it. You may not have a chance on Sunday to say or do anything, but I guarantee you before the week is out, God will use you. <laughs> yeah. So when, when I think about this, I think about the fact that it's, it's really exciting that God has that suited you, you and me, uniquely to a role in his purpose. Every one of us has been uniquely formed and fashioned by God for a role in his purpose. Everyone. Every one of us. Every one of us. So it's important that each one of us discover what our spiritual gifts are and walk in those gifts. It is very, very vital. Okay? All right, very vital. Why is it so important? Now, now remember, this is teaching. Now, this is not hooping the child, but I do want to know that y'all are alive. Yeah. Right, I want to make sure you're not going to sleep on me. It's a little warm in here, and they put you all a little bit closer together, so, which is wonderful. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Uh, when you begin to discover your spiritual gifts, first of all, one of the things that you, that you begin to discover is that you have a greater sense of significance and purpose for your Christian life. For your Christian life. 
not just to be a church member. Now, I understand that some of us get this, but I don't think some of us, I think there are others of us that have not yet gotten it. Because a lot of people tie Christian life to going to church. Your Christian life, you are Christian, as I, I said this earlier, every day of your life, 24 hours a day, however many seconds there are in the day, you are a Christian. You are a Christian. When you begin to discover what your gift is and operate in your gifts, it gives you more significance. It makes you have a greater sense of significance and purpose in your Christian life. It's like you, you, you got to know that you are significant. If you don't feel like you're significant, you feel like you don't matter. How many people feel like they don't matter in the church? Sometimes people join the choir so that they can matter. Most of the time in the church, we only had an usher board and the choir for people to join. They won't become a part of other ministries in the church. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not saying this is me, it ain't gospel. But because of me, I can, because of my position, I can see it. All right. Maybe sometimes you want people join, people like to be seen. Not all the time. You know, you know, and, and in the church, if you if you have you have the ability to sing, and singing is not a spiritual gift. If you have the ability to sing, you know, yeah, you should want to sing. But you should want to live before you sing. Yeah. You should want to live right. You don't even hear singing the gospel. You know, I've been, I went to, we visited, um, well, that's not important, but I've been hearing this song more, and I heard it a lot when we were in New Orleans about uh, uh, that song about for your glory. I would do anything. I'll cross the hottest desert. I said, Lord, have mercy. It sounds wonderful. God, no, it sounds wonderful. And we went to church Wednesday night, and the girl sang as you just sang. It just sang so beautiful. But it's easy for you to stand up in America and say, I will do anything for your glory. We don't even mean it in America. We really don't mean I'll do anything. We really don't. Mm-mm. You say, Pastor, you're judging. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm just telling the truth. Because I can't get some of y'all to be faithful, come in the tabernacle of praise. And this is you saying you'll do anything? You, you ain't doing anything now. If you really want God's glory, you won't get on the prayer call on Tuesday night. You'll do anything? You, come, you won't come to Bible study consistently. You don't do anything. Will you quit your job for God's glory? 
Will you sell everything you have and go on the mission field for God's glory? You'll do anything. It sounds wonderful. And some of those, that girl that I heard singing the other night, she just had a beautiful voice. Will you go on a 40-day fast for God's glory? But sometimes we want to feel significant. Okay, and so we, we, we join ministries in the church that will put us out there so people will see us. That's not being significant. All right? What God wants you to do is God wants you to discover where he's gifted you so that you begin to operate in that and you will feel significant whether you're seen or whether you're not seen. Because what God wants to do, God wants to use you wherever you are and you're not in church 40 hours a week. You're in, you're in the sanctuary at the most three hours. At the most. Maybe today a little bit longer. You're on your job at least 40 hours a week. Think of the opportunities that you have. Think of the people that come across your pathway. And so if you want to feel significant, just begin to operate in your gift. And you will see how God will use you. All right? Yeah. And as you begin to operate in your gift, what begins to happen is then you are stirred up to grow more in your faith. All right? Amen? You stir it up. It provides motivation to grow more in your faith. In 1 John 2, 15 and 16, the Word of God says, why did I turn away from the world? Uh, well, no, this is, this, is, this, is, this is not what the Scripture says. It says it's much easier to resist sin when we replace it with the stimulation of joy. Excuse me. I'm getting kind of mixed up right here. Hold on. Let me go back. Let me start at the, my notes again. 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says, Love not the world, nor the things of the world. Amen. Because the things of the world, they are of the flesh, they are not of God. It says they're passing away. We turn away from sin, all right, or turn away from the world because we want to serve God. And when we start serving God, we get a motivation my goodness, I can be tired. I cannot feel like standing before you and preaching. But when I stand to preach, that, that, there is a motivation that comes only from God. Hallelujah. I can be laying in my bed at night wanting to sleep and the Holy Ghost will wake me up and give me a word. All right? Are you understanding me? And so what happens is, is that it begins to stir me up to want to study more, to want to grow more, to want to be more like Jesus. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Somebody asked me a long time ago, I was doing an interview for something. They asked me, who was my role model? And, and, and I said, and I really mean this, my, my role model is Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that I do everything like Jesus, but I sure try, I strive to do everything like the Lord. He's my role model. I want to be like him. I love that song that says to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, 
How I long to be like him. So meek and lowly, so, so humble and holy. How I long to be like him. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be like Bishop Jakes. I don't want to be like Bishop Long. I want to be like Jesus. I don't want to be like Smith Wigglesworth. I just want to be like Jesus. I don't even want God to use me like he used Smith Wigglesworth. I want God to use me like he wants to use me. Are you understanding me? Oh, yes, I see in other people great things, and I see great things to emulate, but my desire is to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. When you get saved, it's difficult to maintain your motivation for sanctification unless you have a sense of purpose. Oh, yes. You got to have a sense of purpose. Let me tell you something. If you know what your gifts are and you begin to walk in your gifts, the Holy Spirit does not allow you to just back away and nothing happens. The Holy Spirit is stirring you. And when you have a sense of purpose, it provides motivation for sanctification. It provides motivation for holiness. And your sense of purpose has to be more than singing. Anybody can sing. Just about. I wasn't talking about my wife. But this thing is deeper than singing. It's deeper than standing in the church and reading scripture. It is deeper. Are you hearing me? And, and if you want a real motivation for sanctification, discover your gift. Because your gift speaks to your purpose. Speaks to your purpose. Speaks to your reason you've been created. It speaks to your reason for being in the body of Christ. Then as you begin to discover and walk in your gifts, it provides you with, 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 it lets you experience more consistently and to a greater degree the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. See, what some people call the Holy Spirit is emotions. But I know the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Not just to stir me and make me feel good but to begin to speak to me and begin to, to empower me and begin to use me to lay hands on the sick that they'll recover. Begin to give me a word of wisdom. Begin to give me a word of knowledge. Begin to give me a prophetic word. I know the Holy Ghost when, 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 to bring back to my remembrance the things that I've studied, glory to God. I know the Holy Ghost to give me clarity. I know the Holy Ghost to convict me. Of, are you understanding what I'm saying? And I didn't just get here just because. I remember when I was like 18 years old. I might have been a little bit younger than that. I didn't know anything about prophecy. Because, you know, you grew up in the Baptist church. 
back then, now I don't know about now because I ain't over there. But back then, when you grew up in the Baptist church, if you thought you were going to utter, look, 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 they were going to take you out. And they might put some smelling sauce under your nose to bring you back. If you <laughs> but I remember the Lord gave me a word and I didn't understand. The Lord spoke to me about some things that were going on in the church. And I didn't understand it, you know. And, and, and I didn't give it in the church. But when I began to, to share it with people, then they began to condemn me. And began to say that I was, that I was putting a curse on people. Now, who am I to put a curse on anybody? I was just saying what the Holy Ghost showed me. And what the Holy Ghost showed me began to happen in the church. But because we were not taught, because we were not, we were not brought up to understand the way the Holy Spirit works, we only thought the Holy Spirit make it boop, 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 boop. Amen. That's all we thought the Holy Ghost did. Somebody start jumping and hollering and told us she got the Holy Ghost. And so, because I didn't know, I did not consistently grow in this. It wasn't until I went to seminary and, and began to hang around my friends at Church of God in Christ, and, 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 and they would say, Baptist people ain't saved, and I'd get mad at them. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm not saved. I'm saved. But it wasn't until I started getting around people that were being taught these things that I began to get a deeper understanding and begin to desire more and begin to feel and experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I didn't get the Holy, I didn't experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit because somebody laid hands on me. I was reading a book. <laughs> I was reading a book, glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, I can't remember the man's name right now, but uh, we all know him if I could call his name. Uh, and, and, and he was talking about speaking in other tongues, the gifts of speaking in other tongues. And I started reading that book, and all of a sudden, I became overwhelmed and began to speak in a language that I did not understand. Nobody had laid hands on me. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 9 says, And for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which was given to you by the laying on of my hands. He was talking to, 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 to Timothy. But he said, stir up the gift that's, that, that, that's been given to you. And so I began to stir up the gifts. I got a little bit older and, and got here in York County and I was in a revival one night and I was praying for somebody to be healed. And this old preacher, when I sat down, he said, well, you pray. You don't pray for people to be healed. It may not be God's will to heal them. And, and, and for a while, I stopped doing it, but then the, then the Holy Ghost began to deal with me. 
if God is Jehovah Rapha, if he is the God who heals, if the Bible says by his stripes you were healed, then God's will is that we walk in healing. And I have a right to pray for people to be healed. Not only do I have a right to pray for them to be healed, I've got a right to be healed. Do you have a right to be healed? Do you have a right to be healed? So when you begin to walk in your gift, what begins to happen is you begin to experience more consistently and to a greater degree the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. And as you experience that, then you stir up those gifts more. 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 Hallelujah. Ooh. Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. You might not hear me speaking in tongues all the time. I'll be praying in tongues a whole lot. I'll be sitting up in this poor church and be praying in tongues. I got to get up in minutes. I'm praying in tongues. Amen. Ooh, because I need, I, 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 I need something to happen on the inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, I, be, I stir up the gift. When I study, I'm stirring up the gift. When I'm praying, I'm stirring up the gift. When I'm talking to folk, I'm stirring up the gift. Amen. That's why I like to talk to spiritually minded people. I don't have a whole lot of carnal conversations because they don't mean anything. But if I can, because I learned that bodily exercise profit a little. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I can do all of this bodily stuff and all this fleshly stuff, but it doesn't profit very much. But godliness, stirring up the gift of God is a part of godliness. It's profitable in all things. Ooh. One other thing. I know I'm going to have to stop this because if the windows was down a little bit lower, you might sit in the window and fall asleep and fall out. Just one of the long ones. But somebody got to pick this up. Amen. Somebody got to pick this up. Amen. Yeah. I talked about the unhealthy comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you begin to walk in your own gifts, when you begin to understand where God has gifted you and walk in your own gifts, it's going to free you from unhealthy comparisons. I don't have to compare myself to anybody. Nope. I don't care how gifted they are. I don't care how many folk they lay hands on, they fall out. And you know what I found out is that sometimes a whole lot of that is nothing but show anyhow. Because after you finish falling out, you get back up and you go back and do the same thing. Now, if the Holy Ghost really slayed you, you know what slaying means? What does slaying mean? Kill. So if you're slain in the spirit, then he's killed you. What did he kill? He killed your fleshly nature, fleshly desire. So if he killed you, why are you going to get back up and still do the same thing? Some people just hit the floor. That's all they did. Bumped the head. And sometimes, you know, I'm sorry. If you call me, call if you want. Sometimes I'll be wondering. We'll go to some services. I'll be looking at folk. And why are they up in this line again? <laughs> why you got to get healed every week? I was, in, I was somewhere in Malawi. And this woman, you know how, uh, y'all know how Apostle Japanda does deliver services. How many of y'all sat under him do deliver service? 
Mm. You know what I mean. So, here we are in Malawi, and before they go to the delivery service, they buy all of these plastic bags. And so this one man, I wanted to slap him. I just wanted to slap him to sit down. Because he had just finished puking in one bag, and then in the next night, he was back in the service with another bag, and then I... If the Holy Spirit is working in you, if these things are really happening inside of you, why are you getting delivered every night? Why? And so I realize that sometimes people get caught up in the sensationalism of all of this and they want to be spiritual. Oh, Lord, let me finish this. Where we at? One o'clock. I haven't been preaching that long. <laughs> you want to know how you discover your spiritual gifts? I know we, I'm, I'm almost done for the day. I'm going to give you this and then I'm going to let you go after we do communion. But I know we did the spiritual gifts inventory. But let me tell you, that is not a good indicator or what your spiritual gifts are. It's a good tool to have, but you can't just rely on that. Because, because a lot of times it depends on the person taking the test. It depends on what you're going through. It depends on what your mindset is. It, it depends on how you think about yourself. It depends on whether you'll be honest on those answers or not. You'd be surprised as, as I went through your test and the number of people in this congregation, and I realize that we have, uh, that, that, that we have a lot of leaders, but you'd be surprised at the number of people in this congregation who scored exceptionally high in administration and leadership gifts. Uh, uh, I mean, scored really high. And I'm saying, well, Lord, I got all of these leaders in the church then I need to change the way I'm doing things. Yeah, yeah. So it depends on whether people will be honest. So, so when you answer the, the test, if you don't be honest, it doesn't give you a good indicator. Uh, but the other side of that is the best thing to do is to pray and ask God. That's the best thing to do. The Bible says if, if you lack wisdom, so, Lord, I need wisdom on my spiritual gifts. I don't want to be operating in error. I don't want to be doing something that, that I'm not gifted to do or, or even on the highest scale where, I, where I've been placed to minister in church. I don't want to be uh, in the body of Christ. I need to know. I need wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. God gives to all men liberally. The scripture says, ask and it shall be given. Seek, knock, amen, amen. And as we remember that God sovereignly gives the gifts, that this is sovereignly given by God. If I want to know what he's gifted me, all I got to do is ask him. If he's given them, he wants me to know. All right? 
He wants you to know. Anybody in here who does not understand where you're gifted, I want you to know today that God wants you to know. Ask him. Secondly, just become a servant. If you don't know, one of the things you need to do is understand that God has given all of us the capacity to serve. All of us are ministers. Just serve somewhere. Just serve somewhere. Just get, get involved. Several years ago, I said we wanted 100% participation. Be involved in ministry. Don't just come on Sundays and sit down. Get involved in something. What happens when you begin to get involved? When you begin to get involved, you begin to discover that there are things that come natural to you. There are things that you're pulled to. There are things you begin to just feel very comfortable in. what, What happens is you give God the opportunity to begin to minister to you and show you things about areas of your giftedness. Just begin to serve. Just begin to serve. Just begin to serve. In whatever ministry you're involved in, and every one of us should be involved in some, some ministry, give yourself in service. To help develop your foundational ministry skills. Give yourself in service. When, when there is the crop walk, get out there. Go. Meet people. Talk to people. You might discover you're an evangelist. Get out there. You know, They need help in organizing. Get involved. You may discover you have the gift of administration. Get involved. Get involved. If you've been doing one thing for a long time, do something different. Step up to the plate. Do something different. Some of y'all got skills in here just lying dormant, not doing anything. Just do something different. Another thing you can do is discover what kind of ministry feedback do you get when you do minister? You see, some people will say, Sister, you really blessed me when you did that. Might be something insignificant. You know, maybe something that nobody else saw, just a word of encouragement. And, and, and then you find that more people are telling you, sister, you really encourage me. I get encouragement when I talk to you. I just feel good. And what you're discovering is that you have the gift of encouragement. Ooh, Lord have mercy. You enjoy people at your house. You enjoy hosting people at your house. You enjoy doing things. To bring people together, make people feel good. You are a hospitable person. You have the gift of hospitality. I mean, it just comes natural to you. You can just throw this big uh, pot in, and, and you can cook for everybody. There's no struggle, no sweat. Folk don't get on your nerves. <laughs> Lastly, and I'm going to wrap this up for today. There are a couple of other things here. What kind of ministry needs do you consistently notice? What, what catches your attention? What catches your attention? 
What did you consistently notice? What did you consistently see? I'm not saying you might, you might hear Brother Carlton miss a note every now and then. <laughs> no, God ain't calling you to play the keyboard. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But what do you consistently notice? Do you consistently notice hurting people? Do you consistently notice particularly hurting people? Do you consistently notice lonely people? What do you consistently notice? What do you consistently pay attention to? Then what kind of things do you experience consistent empowering for? I sense God consistently empowering me to do this particular thing. Sense God. I mean, when I step up to do this, I just sense the power and the presence of God. And I do it easily. You want to discover your spiritual gift? These are some of the things you need to think about. These are some of the questions you need to ask. Some of the things you need to pay attention to. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Uh, but, and this is the only closing, but this is a part of the closing. You got to understand, and this opens the door for further discussion. You got to understand that when you begin to operate in, in your spiritual gifts, warfare is going to ensue. I shared with you the experience we had in, in, in Ghana. And as I began to relate and begin to think about that experience, when he began to pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit, demons started manifesting. And I began to relate that to things that happen in the body of Christ. When people want to step up and begin to operate in spiritual gifts, warfare, the attacks of the enemy will come. It was an attack of the enemy that brought confusion to the church in Corinth. So that just opens the door for Whoever preaches next Sunday.